Welcome to the House of Strauss. Yeah, go for it. Stars hang with stars, winners hang with winners. Welcome to the House of Strauss. We've got a returning Ryan Glassbeagle, preeminent sports media critic from the New York Post, breaking news left and right these days. Ryan, how you doing? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. What a busy time in the sports media world. There's never a dull moment, but it, like, I don't know, yesterday just felt particularly busy. Particularly busy and the business aspect never really sleeps and there's so much turmoil in the industry. Uh, a bit of a shocker, uh, kind of out of left field with Penn, the, what do we call them, sports book gambling entity, something, something Yeah, they, they own, I mean, their primary business is they own probably, I don't know, somewhere around like two dozen physical casinos and... They acquired Barstool several years ago, finalized the purchase just earlier this year, and then just gave the company back to Dave Portnoy. Yeah, they have signed a deal with ESPN. It appears that they will be giving ESPN $2 billion uh, over a 10-year span, and it was such an opportunity for them to have that bigger, that bigger customer base that they just basically didn't they, they they had given portnoy his money they'd given barstool their money they just left there are some other stipulations they own quite a bit of stock if barstool is to ever sell uh but it appears to be a great cash deal for barstool and maybe a bit of an admission which you want to get into ryan which is it might have not worked out that much for the gambling company the sports betting company to be aligned with barstool so we look at it and we go, what does it all mean? Why are you interested in this story, Ryan? Yeah. So, I mean, first of all, it's fascinating because the structure of the original deal when Penn bought Barstool from Chernin Group is they bought something like 37% up front for, I don't know, like $150 million, $160 million or so. And then just this past January, they paid, they exercised their option for 388 million for the remaining like 63 or whatever percent. And so literally they just put down almost $400 million in cash this calendar year. And then they gave it away for no cash back. And the only way they will recoup any money on the sale is if Portnoy sells the company later. Now, yesterday, Portnoy, in his like triumphant emergency press conference, um, vowed to never sell it. But he also has said a number of times, he's like, Bill Parcells, I reserve the right to change my mind. So right now, in his mind, he's never selling. But in, I don't know, 20 years, if he needs the cash, he will sell. But even then, Penn could have had 400 million cash now. Versus like if it sells for two billion in twenty years or something, it, it's not even gonna be like worth it from like a time value money perspective. So it the only thing um and it's weird because so as far as it not working out, there are like two factors. Number one is 
um, they ran into trouble with regulators. So you might remember that like Business Insider hit piece on Portnoy that um, I think that he pretty convincingly debunked and there wasn't, you know, a volley back on the other side after he disputed all of these allegations. But when that came out, they didn't get their license in New York. And then this past year, they they got their license in Massachusetts, which is Barstool's home state by the skin of their teeth. Like mm. it was just, um, you know, they really, really, really had to scratch and claw to get licensed there. And so that combined with like the ESPN opportunity probably just made Penn be like, okay, we tried this. It was, we went into this thinking it would succeed. We didn't foresee the effect that like kind of like the regulators and I guess for lack of better words, the left-wing media kind of working in tandem mm. would sabotage their ability to get licenses everywhere. And then even when they did get licenses, their market share was below what you might have expected. Like I think going into it, it was like, okay, if Barstool can get 10% of the market where they're licensed, that would be a huge win. And they're kind of like under 5%. And so just DraftKings and FanDuel, at least now in the race, are way ahead of everybody. And I don't think people anticipated that at the time. I don't think they did. And it makes me wonder if we're capped out on this whole gambling thing. I've, of course, expressed reservations about how many problem gamblers are going to be created from this new era where people can just do it from their phones and it's not illegal, and you're seeing constant messaging telling you to do it whenever you watch a game. But I, it, there, there isn't an infinite supply of gamblers. Eventually, you run out of people who want to enjoy their leisure time as you do as a degenerate, Ryan. So <laughs> uh, I, I wonder if it sounded good in theory. I mean, look, the barstool pen alignment looked perfect. If you want to get people gambling on sports, the barstool cohort that's a perfect cohort and they've got a lot of trust in that brand. And, uh, it, it looks like it was not so successful if Penn was trying to get off of that and scramble out of it. And I'm not even sure. I know ESPN's customer base, uh, is so much bigger, but there's just so much more noise over there and it's hard to push a message. I thought the barstool guys were really good committed salesmen for the gambling. Um, and I don't think you're going to get that at ESPN necessarily because there's so much else going on and it's difficult to have a, a unified message. So I, I wonder if part of the upshot of this is, hey, maybe we've reached the top of this and this is a bubble, this whole sports gambling thing and this idea that sports gambling money is going to float the entirety of the sports podcast industry and all these other forms of media. Uh, yeah, it's floating ESPN to the tune of a $2 billion check over 10 years. Which in isn't this very much. That's like, like ESPN per year yeah. is from Penn is getting the equivalent of 6% of what they oh, pay the NFL well, for their rights fees. Like well, it, that's it's the a, other, that's the other part right now is, Bob Iger, who has been constitutionally against gambling and trying to stay away from it, is so cash desperate that 
a comparatively piddling amount, Ryan, of $200 million a year is enough for him to throw the values into the incinerator. That's the other upshot. Yeah. And, you know, it, ESPN lost like a lot of talents over the years by like either first refusing to even dip their toes in gambling and then like not doing the proverbial cannonball off the diving board like they did yesterday. And, mm. um, you know, everyone was like, are you going to do this? Like, what the hell? Like, you know, the P like Chad Millman who founded the action network, like if ESPN would have gone all in on gambling, like eight years ago or whatever, who knows if that um, competitor even comes to market. And so mm. it's like, yeah, the, to, to your point, they've really shifted their goalposts uh, on this. And it, it's going to be interesting, like how much, like if this was from, you know, 1995 to 2010, when ESPN just had a stranglehold on the sports talk marketplace, I think they could have been a lot more successful at like, you know, boxing out and establishing a dominant market share. But I'm fascinated to see how ESPN does at growing Penn's market share relative to where Barstool was with the caveat that I think you'd expect a bunch of these Barstool people to just withdraw and take their money to other apps. Like what if, if without like their loyalty to Barstool, how much is like the existing customer base worth? And those are questions we're going to find out the answer to later. But um, yeah, I'm skeptical that like, I don't think ESPN bet is going to be in the realm of like, you know, 20% market share or whatever. Can they get to 10, I guess is where I would again, set the metrics of success. But it's kind of crazy that three years ago, we were thinking if Barstool gets to 10%, that's the peak success. And now that's the standard we slash I am setting for ESPN. Yeah, I think, I think you're right on that one. I'm just trying to think through all the implications. I don't, I mean, their main guy right now at ESPN is Stephen A. Smith. I don't think he's a convincing gambling salesman. Well, and he um, has a, a podcast for FanDuel, so I don't think he's going to be, you know, vivaciously mm. pushing uh, ESPN bet unless they wet his beak. But, you know, the the one, like, cue the Seven Nation Army music. This That's Pat McAfee. Like, he drove, yeah. a, like... I don't know how much of the pie chart of success you can give to like McAfee versus other, you know, endorsers of FanDuel like Bill Simmons or Colin Cowherd's volume network. And just the fact that FanDuel has like a user experience in the app that people enjoy more mm. than the other apps. But, um, you know, they're like Indiana was like the, I think, third state after New Jersey and Pennsylvania. And that was where like McAfee had his base. And he was like seen right away as a bell cow of bringing people yeah. to that app. And I guess we'll see in a more mature marketplace if he can have that type of effect for ESPN. But that would... Um, that nonetheless would kind can, of can we just go, can we just one, one second i just want to interject can we just like stand back and take stock of how bizarre this is that the big hire that they're spending so much money at espn on in media his value and whether he's a success 
is on how many degenerate gamblers he can create for ESPN. That is that that is the whole well, it's question. It's not even creating it for ESPN. Like ESPN is just selling their name to Penn and they're marketing yeah. this. Like ESPN isn't setting the odds or doing the risk management and they don't have any type of um like they have no bearing uh like they don't they don't take in the profits, you know? They're just getting yeah. paid up front and Penn is hoping to make this. And I saw um but, but oh, the whole ahead. idea but the whole idea the whole idea of it is that McAfee, in order to be a productive employee, needs to be able to do that conversion because that's their business partner now. There was a lot of grousing about how much money.